Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Uh, Let's go ahead and get in the message today. We started a series last week called What's Next? Say, What's Next? And last week, we talked through this idea of a snapshot. How many were here for that or online? We talked about this idea of a snapshot of our life uh, of our goals, you know, so on and so forth. And hopefully you've had time to look through and draw up that snapshot of the life wheel. We actually have a graphic we can bring up of the life wheel just so you can kind of see, you know, what it looks like here. We have all these different areas of life that, you know, we should be planning through, we should be thinking about. And so if you weren't here, you can probably just go online or, or I like what, what John said uh, last week, you can use a bowl and draw a circle. You don't even have to have one of those compass thingies, right? You can just use a bowl. You draw a circle and you really divide this up. And what does your life wheel look like? So in the example of life wheel, there were several categories, as you can see, that we could use in this process, including spirituality. And I just want to kind of recap this if you weren't here. And let me just preface, this is very practical today. It's very practical all month. I think sometimes we need the practical. Now, I'm the kind of guy who likes to dig into like Greek and Hebrew and words and say, whoa, woo, wow, we, you know, get on it. And that's great. But there's also this point where we need to say, okay, how can I apply this to my life? Because think about this. If your life is running smoother, then you're in a better position to help others. Because again, let me say it again, life isn't just about ourselves, right? It's about others. And so we have this idea of spirituality. This refers to your church affiliation, your ethics, your morals. Really, it boils down to your relationship or belief in God. Do you find that you have a purpose in life? And another wedge here is health. This segment refers to the overall health, not just of your physical fitness and nutrition. That's the first thing we think of at the beginning of the year, right? But it's also your stress levels. It's just healing in your mind and your body, your mental health. Just generally this healthiness in your lifestyle. And then we have the wedge of work. The work segment, it includes your job, your career path and planning. It also involves management, leadership, and business skills. And then we have the social. Social is really important. We've really found this out through 2020, haven't we? How important the social life is. Now, some people, when I see social, I'm thinking of this referring to friends, local community connections. Some people go, Facebook, right? Well, that's social media, but that's not socializing. That's not a social life. If that's all the social life you have, you're going to really get messed up, right? Because I've talked about this before. I mean, just, just watch a little bit on how they program the algorithms and how it works. And it's programmed to feed you exactly by your clicks, by your posts. It feeds you exactly what you want to hear, whether it's the truth or not. That's why people can go, did you hear about? And you're like, I never, how could they not hear about that? Well, first of all, their algorithm's different than yours. Secondly, it may not be true. But it's so crazy when you get out and you start to actually talk with people and socialize. It's so fulfilling. It's like, wow, I never saw that side of the fence. I never saw that side of life. Thank you for bringing that to me. Whether I agree with everything or disagree, there's something about social life. It's important, and it should be a part of the wheel. Another one is development. In this part of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the wheel, it refers to the lifelong pursuit of like education, intellect, self-esteem, 
uh, how often you read, what motivates you, what fulfills you. And you know what's interesting is during this time, they're saying that many people have enrolled in school because they can go online. People are looking for new things in life. I've even ventured out. I've kind of had this thing, and this 2020 was a kick in my butt to do something different. It worked 2020, thank you. But now I'm moving on to 2021. But you know, it worked to, to kick me in the butt a little bit to say, you know what, you have this passion, this, you want to pursue this, then just do it. Who's holding you back from doing something different? Now, I'm not saying if you've got a family and you're providing, you say, I quit my job today. Why? Because I want to do something else. What? I don't know. Well, get a, you got to keep your job. You got to pay your bills. Take care of your family, right? But it's important there that we continue to develop and continue to grow. Another one is recreation. A lot of us forget this one. Recreation is simply having fun. Some of us have forgotten to have fun in life. And you're just a mean, boring person. No, just kidding. But you have to have fun in life. You have to have recreation, vacation, sports, hobbies, leisure activities. You have to do these things. Now, not, not 98% of the time that some of you guys do gamers. But what I'm saying is it's not all about that in life. So it's where do these wedges fit for your life? And the last two are family, which, of course, includes parents, children, significant others, and relatives. And then a big one is this life planning. Say life planning. I've not been the best, the most diligent in this in my life. And it reflects that. But another thing I learned in 2020 is it's never too late. It really isn't. Until I'm laying in a casket or six foot underground, I still got a life to live, right? And so it's never too late to think about things like life goals and planning, goal setting, managing your finances, come on, come on, planning for life transitions, getting ready for those things, how you manage your time. It's so important. I mean, you can manage money well, but not your time, and your life is still hell. So it's all these wedges that we have to work at as we plan. So we talked about that last week, and so we have our snapshot. Say snapshot. And so hopefully you had a chance to go through that this week. If not, there's still some uh, papers out there you can grab to do that. I encourage you to do this because this week, you know, last week I should say, we, we went through and we had to really be honest with ourselves right here, right now, right, w- where we are. And so as we look at that, maybe we see some areas where we need to make some changes. Maybe we see some areas that, that, we, that we want to be somewhere else by the end of the year. And so we're going to go over that today. So before we start, just a story here. Several years back, we purchased our first camper. How many like to camp? We purchased our first camper because we love to camp. Now, I didn't always love to camp. I I honestly think I went camping. In my mind, when I thought through this, this whole idea in my life, I think I went camping one time with my mom and dad. And it just wasn't our family thing. And so, you know, we've done the Disney thing, we've done Universal, we've, we went to California, we, we've, we actually did, was it a two-week trip? We went all the way to California and then down through Texas and back and just a whole, and that was great, very expensive, by the way, but it was great. And camping is really cool. I mean, see, this is where Kristen got me. She goes, babe, I really want to try and go camping. And I said, well, how much is it? And she told me, I said, let's do it. Because it's like the cheapest thing you can do, right? But... Honestly, she, and, and seriously, she said, you know, I used to camp here and there, but I really would like to go camping and just try this out as a family. And we absolutely loved it. It was just so awesome. I mean, 
I probably say this a lot when I talk about camping trips, but man, there's something about just just getting out in nature, just you know, laying in a zero gravity and looking at the clouds or going for a bike ride or going to the beach, and then every night, where do you end up? Campfire. Oh, baby, with some s'mores and, and, and whatever you, know, you like to... But see, family's there, and I love the smell. You can't get it out of your clothes. It's in the camper. It's just awesome, right? It's that smell of like, we're on fire, but it's good, good on fire. And so we just fell in love with camping. And we were so blessed to have such dear friends, Pete and Jess, who, I mean, they literally let us borrow their camper that first year. They said, guys, you just borrow a camper. And I think we borrowed it for, was it two or three years? Two, two or three years we borrowed your camper? You guys rock. I mean, they, they said, listen. And I remember going over, I'm like, okay, Pete, run through this again. How do I put this thing up? It was a pop-up. And so we took it, and man, we just fell in love with it. We absolutely loved it. And we thought, we need to get our own. So we finally did. You know, and, and so... As, as we were, you know, thinking, okay, we love this, we need to get our own, we finally found this really good deal and we bought our own. Well, the issue with the new camper was really, it was really two different things. There was two different things. Number one, finding a place to store it. Because all of a sudden you have this other vehicle, you're like, wow, I guess I didn't think that one through. And then the second thing was my lack of experience in pulling it and more specifically in backing it into places. Now, I see Mike, Mr. Truck Driver, he could just run circles around me. But for me, hooking that thing up, I mean, he'd probably be like, dude, it's, it's an 18-foot cam. What, what, what is your deal? And I'm all like, oh, wait, is it right for left or left for right? Has anyone ever backed up with this stuff? It's absolutely ridiculous. You're like, what's going on right now? And so, you know, when you get to the campsite, the one thing about the campsite is usually it's packed. Why are you laughing, honey? What? Okay, the only time I cuss all year is when I go camping. Okay, I'm just letting you know now, so I'm, I'm getting through this. But we get to the campsite. Are you thinking of the stories, honey? Yeah, that's why I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to clean it up a little bit. But when we get to the campsite, usually it's packed. Now, it was real nice when there was like a pull-through and you could just, ooh, look at this. I'm in and out, good to go. But usually it's like, and they're in the back like, going, no, just go to the right. I'm like, just go to the right? Do you not know how hard this is? And so it's really tough to pull into those places on those sites. And so I've had my challenges. Uh, Even more recently, you know, we don't camp every weekend or have the opportunity to back this beast into a camping site on the regular. So, you know, even recently when we camp and it just wasn't the best. It took a while to get into place and finally cool off and be good and we're going to camp now. But when he first got it, I figured, you know, the best place to put this new camper is next to our garage. So we have this, it's not a very long driveway. It's like maybe a three-car driveway in length. And then it kind of like wise off to one side. And then alongside the garage, there's a little slab there. That's part of it. And it's about maybe the you know, width of a car or so. So you can park a car there. And I said, well, let's put it there. Well, the only issue with that whole idea um, was it was really tight in that spot, first of all, but for me to back that in. Now think about it, I have to back this in, right? In order to back it in, I had this pine tree right at the end of my driveway. And so to maneuver around that Y and get it in there with that was really tough. Now, let me skip ahead real far and tell you about this really cool thing. It's like, it's, it's like a, man, what do they call it? It's a, huh? A dolly. I got a dolly, baby, because I can get it close, get that dolly on, we push it back, and it has like three wheels on it, and it helps you get it back there, and it's awesome, but I didn't have one yet. I was brand new, a novice, and so 
I, I said, okay, this is it. I got to maneuver this thing precisely. I got I to do this. So I'm going back and forth. Again, I'm trying to turn right and left, trying to remember, okay, when I turn this way, which way does the camper go? And it was just this crazy experience. So while I'm doing this, all the while, I'm looking at this pine tree that's to my left, and I'm being really careful. Well, about the 25th, 26th time of pulling in and out, I'm finally, I look back, I'm like within just inches, just a little turn, get this straight, it's going to be perfect, right? So I'm like, yes. So I turn around like, yes, baby, finally. When all of a sudden, I heard the crack of glass. I looked over and my mirror was blew out on my truck. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, the thing about my mirror is it's also heated. Didn't know if you knew this, a little, little fact for you. Heated mirrors have like this oil in them because that's what they utilize to heat. So I had oil and glass just everywhere, just gone. The mirror was gone. I was so bummed. Wouldn't it be great if that tree weren't there? If that tree wasn't there, I would have been perfect. But here I am, I'm all bummed out. I had to get a new mirror and thank God for Amazon. I found one, hooked it right up, almost like, you know, the real deal. It was awesome, good to go. It's even heated, which is great. But I didn't just have that obstacle of the pine tree there and pulling this camper in, right? I was just so bummed that I missed out because I'm like, oh, I really wanted to make this happen. But think about this. If only I didn't have the pine tree, if only the obstacle of the pine tree wasn't there, I could have easily backed this camper in. But that just wasn't the case. Here's something else that might actually for everyone be for everyone. Have you ever done this? Have you ever walked through a doorway in your home? Say you're just walking out of your bedroom and you miss. Like literally you're two inches to the right or left and you're walking and you just bounce off it and you're like, what just happened? What the heck? I mean, you've walked through this doorway like a thousand times or more, but this one time, how about this? You ever gone through your living room or you're going through your kitchen and you swear that that coffee table has been moved because you find it with your toe. Anyone here? It's not fun, is it? And you're like, what happened? If only that obstacle wasn't there, my toe wouldn't be hurting or broken or swollen, but it was. Wouldn't it be great if we could just remove all those obstacles in life and have no issues? It would just be smooth sailing, wouldn't it? Now, how many would agree that we've all encountered obstacles in life, especially when we're trying to obtain a goal? It seems like every time you put a goal together, there seems to be an obstacle. But for, for me, I found in my life at least, it's just a normal part of what happens on the way to achieving a goal that you set. So when it comes to your life wheel, when it comes to this goal setting thing, because we've already seen where we are currently, and we may have to set some new goals according to where we want to be, that's how we get there, what always, always, always happens when we set these goals, is we encounter obstacles. I can say it like this. When setting goals, we will most likely encounter obstacles. Can I get one amen? amen. When you set goals, you'll encounter obstacles. For some of us, I mean, we're only, what, 10 days in to the new year. And maybe for some of you, you set your goal, you had best intentions in mind and already you're encountering obstacles. So the question is now what? Now what do I do? And so today I want to talk about in this series, what's next? I want to talk about overcoming obstacles. 
overcoming the obstacles on our way to the goal. Now, the, the obvious thing that we think of when we think of obstacles in our life is things that try to hinder us from obtaining that goal or follow through or having success in that goal, right? But did you know that sometimes obstacles can be as simple as having too vague of a goal? Let me say it like this. I'll give you an example. Someone, you hit 2020 and you went, you know what? I want to be better this year. Now that sounds great. And I think that's a, a great start for a goal. It sounds good. I want to be better, but it needs to be defined to make it a goal that is achievable. Right? There's more than that. So let's be intentional. Now I'm a pastor, so I'm going to open up to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I want you to go there with me. And I do believe this. I said this last week, that every single poem, historical uh, account, um, the Gospels, the letters, they all were written intentional. They were written by a certain person to certain people at a certain time, right? And so there's context for this, and I get that. So there's really only one um, interpretation of any scripture. It's what the writer was meaning. And so we do our best 2,000 years later, 6,000 years later, whatever, you know, whether it's old or new, we try to understand in our current language and digging into old language what they really meant. So there is one intention, right? There's one interpretation. But I do think that the Bible also has application, right? And so today I want to use this scripture as application. Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite scriptures. I would use this every time I would treat, uh, teach the next steps about finding your ministry, your gifts in life. Look at this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand. This is my favorite part of the scripture. He prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's, it's like God said, listen, this is prepared beforehand. It's, it's here. I, I've already done it for you. This is the beauty of the gospel. It's already there. I prepared this beforehand. So now walk in what I've already prepared. I don't know about you, but that's just awesome when I read that. Now, now we said this many times before, but this is, let me say it again, a very spiritual process, even though it seems very practical, even though we're just applying scripture verses to some things this morning, setting goals is helping us to walk out, I believe, the good works, or we could say the purpose that God has prepared us beforehand. You follow me so far? In fact, I love this. Listen to this in the mere translation. He says, we are engineered by his design. He molded and manufactured us in Christ. We are his workmanship, his poetry. Isn't that awesome? Ever thought about that? That you're his poetry, you're his masterpiece, you're his workmanship. Someone needs to hear that this morning. You are. But look at this. We are fully fit to do good. Say, I am fully fit to do good. Equipped to give attractive evidence of his likeness in us in everything we do. Isn't that awesome? Now, I get it. You're like, man, I, but I've seen some of these Christians, these Jesus followers on, on social media or on the news. I get it. They haven't awakened yet to who they truly are. Just like there's facets of my life where I haven't fully awakened yet. 
And Holy Spirit shows those to me. So, yes, I get it. We're like, oh, man, what a misrepresentation of who God is. I understand. But we still got to show grace in those situations. I thank God for people who show grace to me in those situations. I thank God for you who are still sitting in seats or watching online who have heard me preach for years now and you've gone with me on the journey and you're okay with stuff that I preached five years ago that I don't believe anymore because that's how the journey goes, right? And so it's beautiful to be on the journey together. But I'm going to wordy, nerdy geek out for just a minute because you know I got to do this. This is so cool here. This phrase, God prepared beforehand. This is so cool. This is a Greek word. I'm not going to pronounce it right because it's one of those crazy ones. It's proetomezo. Proetomezo. Look at this. It translation is really means this. It's the notion that God has prepared a highway for us to lead us out like kings. So it, it's, you know, in the old times, oriental times, where people would go before a king and they would level out the roads and make it possible for the king to journey with ease and comfort? That's what it says God is doing for us. Isn't that powerful? Now think about this was written by Paul the Apostle, who he had a purpose in life. It was Judaism. He had a purpose in life. It was to kill those Christians because they're messing up our stuff. But then God got a hold of him. God got his attention. And what happened? His purpose changed. And what did Jesus do? This is so cool. I, I steal this from Jamie Engelhardt all the time. But he didn't call out the sin in Paul. He called out the son in Paul. He said, Paul, this is who you are. And it was through years of time with Holy Spirit and sitting around tables and breaking bread and speaking back and forth, talking about life experiences that Paul can then write to the Ephesians that, you guys, listen, God is literally preparing a highway for us to lead us out like kings. He's clearing the path. He's clearing the way. It doesn't mean that everything is absolutely perfect all the time in PG. Of course not. Paul had his life threatened so many times. He was in prison so many times. He ended up dying as a martyr for the cause of Christ one time. Because you only die once. But think about this. He had this purpose. And he, who was being pursued, he used to be the pursuer. Right now he's the pursuee. Is that right, John? Correct my grammar if I'm wrong. The pursuee. But think about this. He went from the pursuer to the pursuee, being pursued, and still could say, God's preparing the way. He's clearing the road. He's making it clear. I know where I need to go. I think that's beautiful. And so I think, you know, some of us, well, what does the scripture have to do, pastor, with goal setting? Everything. Everything. I truly believe that we're here for a purpose. Now, maybe some of us don't feel very fulfilled because we're not in that. And I'm not saying that, that it's God. We're not getting into this, this teaching you probably heard before about the perfect will of God. There's the bullseye, the perfect will, and then there's the outside permissive, and then the outer ring of death is outside that. I believe God lets us make decisions, but when your decisions are based on love and true identity, I believe you'll make the right decision. And that could be three, four, or five, six ways to go. Does that make sense? So I think it's important that we see that this scripture has everything to do with you finding that you have a purpose in life. And one of the biggest endeavors that we have in life, if we have any sense of there's something more than just this, is finding that purpose. What is my purpose? 
And I found in my own life that it usually revolves around your passions, around your loves, around what truly fulfills you. There's something about that. I've only experienced it a few times in my life where I'm doing something that it just gets you. Like, do, do you I can't really explain it. Like down to the deepest region, you're like, this is amazing. I'm so fulfilled in this. I would say then that's probably those good works, that purpose that God's put in you. So if that's not where you are now, how do you get to that place? And it might take more than a year. You know, as we set these goals, I'd like us to go about a year out, maybe do mini goals that get you to that. It's okay to plan. You know, some people do a one year, a five year, and a 10, and then they reassess, and that's all great. Planning is so important because if you, if you don't ever shoot for something, guess what? You'll never make it. <laughs> And so all I'm doing is trying to help you just really, this is a spiritual thing, saying, okay, Heavenly Father, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I feel, I don't feel fulfilled in this. I feel, um, I'm trying to think of the word, I feel uncomfortable. That's a good word. I feel uncomfortable with where I am right now. And so maybe it's time to say, Holy Spirit, where do I go from here? Now, now let me say this, and I can even pick this up from uh, uh, Pastor Jake's teaching, um, you and I have talked about this, Pete, a few times about the shoe. And we've talked about it too, Vicki, about the shoe that, you know, your kids have a certain size shoe. You know, if they wear a one, that's great. But if they're still wearing a one when they're 15, there's a problem. They're probably not walking very well, but there's a problem. And so what happens is they grow to the next shoe. But I've never, well, I was going to say, I was going to say, I never once said, I hate those shoes. Now, they were really stinking. I wanted to throw them away. Sure, because I have a bunch of boys. But, but I never said, I hate you, size one. I love you, size two. I hate you, size one. But I love you, size two. No, I didn't go, I hate you, size two. I love you, size three. We don't hate where they were. It's just they have to move on now and wear a different shoe. And that's really our journey in life. So let me say this. If you've been in a place for five or 10 or 15, 20 years in the shoe fit for a while, that doesn't mean you were wrong for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. It might just mean it's uncomfortable now. So I want us to get that. I want to be like, I, because I mean, I've gone through that where I've wasted my whole life, I feel. Why did I wait so long? How many of you remember Jim Scalise? Man, I miss that guy. He could walk into a room and just light it up with the love of God. Why do I have to get emotional? He would just light a room up. And he was one of those key people in my life. I mean, he was one of my dad's best friends. But he was a key person in my life who, who really helped me to see past regretting things in my life. And I remember I've told this story before. We were sitting at Lockheed's and Fenton and just eating. And I was so excited about where God was taking me in ministry and the, the different decisions I was making and where I was going. But at one point I said, man, I just... I just kind of regret, you know? And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, I just feel like I've, I've lost time. I've, I've lost this time. And he looked right at me and he said, what do you mean? You're exactly where God needs you to be right now. And I was like, what? He goes, why would you regret? And it was like, it was just a matter of fact, he's like, don't regret that. You're exactly where you need to be. And it was like, wow. So I've, I've tried to use that in life to not look back. Sure, I understand there, we've made bad decisions. I've made several bad decisions but to just live in regret's not going to help. And this is where 
again, hopefully doing that chart has helped you to say, okay, wow, I'm looking at these percentages and they're really messed up. They, they, this isn't good. I'm putting way too much time in fun and no time in budgeting. Well, no wonder I have no money to pay the bills, right? So these are just like, you know, I guess practical things that we should apply, but it goes deeper than that. Even, even your purpose, your calling in life, your career, what you're doing, looking at those things, but never get into condemnation. Don't get into regret. Don't get into fear or shame. Just say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me. I feel uncomfortable here. I know I could do more. I know I have more potential in me that you've given to me. So how do I work that out? Where to work out that salvation, right? And so even though it seems really practical, I believe that's part of everyday life. So I want to take some time and I want to figure out how to be more specific in our goal setting today. And I'd like to call this the SMART method. Say the SMART method. And so we're going to go through each letter here of SMART and look at some practical ways that we can... Because this week, what we're going to do is we're going to look at those goals, or, or where we are, I should say, that snapshot from last week. And if you need to grab another sheet, they're out there. If you need more, we'll print them off. But you're going to want to change some things most likely. So if those percentages are off, before you set that goal, we're going to go through this SMART method to make sure that we're doing this correctly. Okay, so let's just take a few minutes and go over this. S, say S. S. It means specific. Pacific for some of you, but it's specific. What is the goal? I talked about this earlier uh, of being intentional, okay? I'll give you an example. I mean, a lot of people, especially if you're a churchgoer, you say things like, you know what, I want to grow spiritually or I want to grow in my soul. How many would say that's a good goal? I would say that's a great goal. But, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a good goal because it's too broad. Remember, we talk about being specific. It's not specific enough. So let's think about this. If you want to grow spiritually, you want to grow in your soul, maybe a better goal would be this. I want to improve my Bible knowledge. I want to have a better understanding of the scriptures. How about I want to improve my ability to hear God's voice? I, you know, when something comes up, I want to know that deep down in my spirit, this is God that's, that's motivating me in this situation, not just me or my emotions or <laughs> some people go, is it the devil or God, <laughs> right? But you, you want to know that it's the voice of God speaking to you. Maybe a more specific goal for growing spiritually is I want to be stronger in my trusting of God. We call that faith. You know, for me, for a long time, I'm kind of a, you know, get it done, you know, choleric, you know, I mean, just the way my Enneagram, all that is, is like, I just go, go, go. I've got to prove myself through my work. And so that was a really hard thing to let go of and say, wow, I trust that God loves me, accepts me. I'm his son just because I am and he loves me. And so we have to work through the process. Uh, maybe more specifically, you say, I want, to have a, I want to be a stronger witness in this world for who God really looks like. Not some religious idea, some angry Christian who is waving like picket signs. I actually want to show the love of God. And so maybe that's a process to grow. So, you know, what are some areas in your spiritual life that you specifically need to grow in? And it could be more than one thing, right? Any, any of these things, we could probably have a list. And so what I'd say is this, maybe start with one. If you have six things that you'd like to do in any category, Maybe sit down, take the time to prioritize what's more important right now. And maybe it's something you say, you know what, I think I can do this in four months, and then I can pick up on another one. Does this make sense? 
Because sometimes we're like, that's right, man. These 17 things, we're doing it now. And that's just too much. So maybe just pick one thing, whether it's your spiritual life, whether it's your health, whether it's any of these categories, maybe just pick one. The point here is to be specific or pacific in your goal setting. M, say M. M is measurable. Measurable. How do we measure it? What I mean by that is, how can we track the progress? Now, an easy one, finances. I mean, everyone's heard of Dave Ramsey or, you know, there's so many different programs out there you can get. I mean, you can just go online and put budget, type it in and and find information and sheets to print out and all this stuff. If you're in the sheets and stuff, because I am, right? Especially laying up in the sheets when it's, anyway, when it's cold outside. No, but I I, I love, you know, sheets and spreadsheets and things like that. I like to set goals and and have line up online. That's my personality. But for some who don't like that, maybe you just need to write some things down. And so how can it be measurable? When it comes to finances, it's pretty easy to measure. You can say X amount comes in, X amount goes out. And so this might be one of those things where you might have to, small, have, to have small goals because you go into it going, I'm paying everything off this month. And then you look at what you make versus on what goes out and you go, wow, okay, that was weird. I never did a budget. I didn't know all that much. Oh, there's more going out than's coming in. That's making sense now. So that's, see, so you can write it down. You can track the progress and you can start to say, okay, you know what? I have just enough. I have a little extra. You know, the, you can do the snowball thing on certain credit cards punch those out. There's all these ideas. You can get all that in line. We're not going to do that this morning. I'm saying that's just one area. Spiritual growth, you could measure that too, right? You could look at, okay, how much time, okay, you say, I want to grow spiritually and understand the Bible more. And the question is, how much time do you study the scriptures? And you're like, what do you mean? Oh, you don't study the scriptures? Well, then you're not going to become more knowledgeable. So maybe for you, it's like, okay, I'm going to take one hour a week and find time each day to study some stuff out. And everything is so easy. You can, all my messages come from Google, you guys. It's easy. I'm just joking. But what I'm saying is you can look anything up online, any subject, and there's a lot of stuff out there, right? But what I'm saying is if you really want to study some scriptures, it's all out there. Maybe it's just, you know what, my prayer time, with just talking to God, which I believe should be all day long, pray without ceasing. But I do think there's something special about intimate times where you and God are just talking back and forth on some stuff. You're letting them know kind of where you're at. And he's like, yep, I know, I know, I know. But at least you got it off your chest. I do believe that prayer is more for us than it is for God, but he loves to have that relationship with us. And so those are just ways that you can measure. Uh, Mental health, you know, maybe just journaling thoughts and emotions and looking to say, is there any improvement or any regression? And maybe you need to get some help in that area, whether a psychologist or, you know, some, some natural, you know, herbal thing. I don't know that you'll have to figure it out for yourself, but there's definitely ways that you can track and measure this physical health. Easy. You can take physical measurements, weight, body fat, BMI, right? How about recreation? Have you actually went on a vacation in the last 10 years? Well, you can measure it easy. Go on a vacation. (laughs) But what I'm saying is these have to be measurable. So first of all, they need to be specific. Secondly, they need to be measurable. Thirdly, say A, they need to be attainable. Is this a realistic goal? I said it earlier, like, I'm going to be debt-free this month. Uh, You've never done a budget. It's probably not going to happen, right? We have to be realistic. I'm going to lose 35 pounds this month. Not good for your body. 
Let's take six months and lose that 35 pounds. Does that make sense? So make sure that it's a realistic goal. And, you know, I think of it like this. As much as I love space and space exploration, my wife will go out and she's got this app on her phone. She's like, oh, there, there's mercury and there's what, and it's crossing and it's really cool. You can see all this stuff and, and just to see kind of how, where space is going and, and there's different people in the space race now and you see these shuttles. Listen, as much as I love that, I'm not going to be an astronaut this year. In fact, I'll probably never be an astronaut because I don't like having to do math. And that's one job that you have to do math. Maybe even some of the letters and numbers math. Yeah, shout out to algebra, of course, no. Who uses that day-to-day anyway? A equals X equals what? I'm just like two plus two equals chicken, right? That's what you said, right? That's his joke. I stole my son's joke. But so we got to be realistic in this. And not just that, we got to say, okay, is this attainable? Is this something I can do? So here's a do and a don't. Do this. Make your goal challenging, but make it attainable. Definitely do this. But don't try to take over the world in one day or even a year. Probably not going to happen. Have we heard the old saying, Rome wasn't built in a day? (laughs) Right? It was many, many years. Um, But your goal should be attainable. Here's another thing. If you're not sure if it's attainable, ask your wife. But seriously, ask someone. Sometimes we put goals out there. We're like, yeah, I'm doing it, man. I'm, I'm going all the way. Ask a close friend who understands you and knows your heart. Because they may be like, listen, bro, I think that's a little, little too crazy. That's not attainable. And that's okay. So where can you fit yourself in there that you eventually could maybe get to that place? But what can you do this year? Is this making sense? So say R. Relevant. And I would even say Realistic. So the question is, does this work in my current situation? It's really important when we look at our current situation, we state what can result as a realistic goal. Like it can be, actually be achieved given the available resources. So, you know, you assess what time you have what energy you have, what money you may or may not have. This is really important when you want something relevant because maybe it's not time. Maybe that goal is something that's off in the future. You have other smaller goals you need to reach first. This is making sense in order to get to that goal. But, I mean, do you have the time it needs to, you know, maybe further your education? Do you have the money you need to move to that next level? If not, then you might have to change your goals around. So, again, it's... Last week, we should have been honest with where we are, but we also need to be honest with where we're going. Because one thing that happens a lot of times is when people set a goal too high and they don't miss it, they get discouraged and then they don't do anything. I mean, health is one of those things. I've done it year after year. That's it. I'm working out six days a week. I'm eating perfect. I got all this stuff. And then one weekend, you screw up and then you're like, whatever. It's not going to work. That was me. That's my experience. I know all you guys, you guys are awesome, but that's usually what I experience. So if you set the goal too high, and you don't reach it, you'll get discouraged. So let's make sure it's relevant. And then T, say T. Real practical stuff this morning. Time-based. What is my deadline? You have to have a deadline. You have to put a time frame on this. You know, set a deadline. Don't just say, well, someday, one day. Because you'll never get there if you don't set a timeline or a deadline. You must specify when the result of the results can be, atri- be achieved or it will most likely never happen. And I, I've experienced it. All this stuff I'm saying today isn't because I've arrived. It's because I've experienced every one of these things. 
And so I'm trying to help us all together. And that's another thing. You know, for us who are married, hopefully you're going through this process with your spouse. Because they will, listen, they know you sometimes better than you know yourself. And so they may call you out on some stuff and say, well, and let's be nice to each other, okay? I mean, because some people have great hopes and dreams. So let's not dash those hopes and dreams. But let's find gracious ways to say things like, well, maybe not this year, but what if... Come on, Cam Bruce, does that make sense? Our marriage, marriage people here. I mean, let's really have grace toward one another in those things. But let's not, let's not just totally say you'll never do that. I don't see that ever happening. But how can we help each other? Or maybe if you're not married, you have a close friend that say, hey, I've been, I've been putting some goals together. I'd like to bounce some stuff off you and, and see what you think about this. So make that stuff specific. Make it measurable. Make it something that's attainable. Something that's realistic. And then always set a deadline. It's time-based. You have to have a time frame for this. I want to close today with this scripture in Proverbs 21 and verse 5. I'll pro- I, I used this scripture last week, and I probably will every week. It's just one of those scriptures you're like, man, this is so perfect. You ever found a scripture verse that's perfect for my life? Well, even if it's not the actual interpretation, it's definitely an application for your life. But listen to this. The writer wrote this. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. It's, it's so simple. Simple words, right? But it's so true. So in this process, again, I want to remind us that this is a very spiritual thing that you're doing because everything is spiritual. I believe everything is connected in some way. And when you better yourself, you put yourself in a position where you can help others. I mean, think about this. Just having a budget, telling your money where to go instead of your money telling you where it's going to go, what happens? All of a sudden, it might take some time if you're really strapped and you're living above your means, okay? So don't get disheartened. There's ways around that, and it might be a slow process. But when you finally begin to budget, all of a sudden, you have more money at the end of the week than more week at the end of the money. And then what happens when a special need comes up? A friend who needs gas or groceries or you hear someone or you come, you come across someone who needs help. You're like, oh my gosh, I have an extra 50 bucks. I can do that. Isn't that fulfilling? And that's just in finances. I mean, our health is so important. You know, I, some people, they're like, they're like standing at the rapture bus stop. Wait, Jesus, come back. Jesus, come back. They just want to get out of here as, as fast as they can. But I read these scriptures where Jesus is praying that we stay here. I'm like, whose prayer is going to win out? <laughs> it's a little joke. But, but the truth is, if we're here on this planet with the purpose and for a reason, the longer you're here, the more you can accomplish so I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, I'm not in a hurry to go there, someplace other than here. I actually love my family and friendships and this world and the planet and just all the, I mean, there's so much greatness and goodness around that God's created that I love it. And I'm like, I'm not in a hurry to go anywhere, especially when you have a moment where you budget correctly and you're able to help someone out financially. Are you able to encourage them in this or encourage them in that? You hit the next level in a career and you realize how many people that you're affecting for good. And you're like, man, this is good. Life is awesome. Not every single day, 
But see, when that changes, when, when your purpose, when, first of all, when you discover your purpose, you start to look at things differently. And you're like, I'm not in a hurry to get out of this place. There's way too much grace and love to spread around, and I want to stay here as long as I can and do it. So this is why I'm encouraging you guys with this, because this is practical. We are connected. And when you, I guess my point was, when you better yourself by making goals and meeting those goals, then you start to free yourself up in so many facets of your life, and then you're available to help others. Isn't that beautiful? Awesome. So careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. How many want to be ahead in the long run? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, man, we just thank you for your goodness. We just thank you that in you there's hope. Now, some of us have gone through this year 2020 and pretty much unscathed, and maybe it hasn't affected us as much as others, but I know there's many who it has, financially, emotionally, mentally. Besides that, there's, there's people who have lost loved ones. There's people who have gone through their own issues in life. The doctors found this. They've gone through cancer. There's just different processes. And so they're trying to just navigate this world. And maybe even the world's completely different to some of us now, even, even here in the way we think and see. But I thank you, first of all, for that hope that we have in you. That as long as we're here, as long as we're still walking this planet, we have a purpose in life. And there's no purpose that is beneath anyone else's purpose. I pray that we would learn even in 2021 to discover what that is. That we're hearing your voice, Holy Spirit. And maybe we're, as we slowly change the way that we're thinking, we're also changing the way that we're planning. We're changing the way that we're goal setting. And for some of us who are in our 40s, 50s, and 60s, you know, we're in a, a culture that says retire and then die. But who made this up? Who made up the rules? I pray that we be people who have long, healthy lives so we can continue to share your love and your grace with others. We continue to be that help and that hope to those who need it the most. So help us as we go through this week as we look at that snapshot, not to fall into condemnation or guilt or shame about it, but to just see that, yes, there are some things that I can change, and then this week, begin to change those goals as we look through, is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it attainable? Is it relevant or realistic? And then we put that time frame on it of, by this time, I want to be here. And even if we don't hit that, we'll be so much closer than we would have if we didn't set these goals in that time frame. But I thank you above all, there's no condemnation in us. We receive your peace, your love. We're guilt-free. It's absolutely amazing. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.